Greetings, travelers, and welcome to this episode of Recruiter Friend, the show where we get to sit down with the people behind the keyboard. This week, we'll be talking to professional esports host and caster, a DKDH main, and a cat fan. Welcome to the show, Mix. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I. Uh, so before we get into anything, I need to ask, where does your name come from? Oh, that's a that's a funny story. So um, something that's not super known about me is that I'm a little bit of a weep. And when I was just starting out on the internet, like in, I don't know, 2005, I suppose, uh, my favorite movie was My Neighbor Totoro, which you may or may not know. Oh, yeah. That's the and... giant cat with the umbrella, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. And there's a small girl in the movie. She's uh, rather rebellious and, and does like whatever she wants. And her name is May. And because May was always too short or needed like special characters in addition to make it work, since it was like taken, I elongated the name by doing like May underscore X and then M-E-E-I underscore X. And then at some point I lost the underscore. And so makes became to be, which is very hard to remember how to say right for many people. And I can see why. And I'm very sorry about it. Uh, I love it. That is a great. Uh, origin of that name <laughs> um i'm certain people get it wrong all of the time <laughs> oh yeah they do and like even germans it's it's just no matter what language you're from it, it gets butchered but that's okay <laughs> that's all right we correct and we move on <laughs> um, exactly <laughs> so this show uh not about um not about anime although that is any studio ghibli movies okay by me but uh, this is about Warcraft, so I would love to know how you got into the Warcraft franchise. Okay, so this is another very funny story because, like, for the longest time of my life, I've been gaming, like, from the start. I played, like, free-to-play online Asia MMOs and what have you, like, Trickster or, or whatever. Um, but I always avoided WoW for the reason that my best friend back then was playing WoW. And whenever I'd ask him to, like, do something, he'd reply with, oh, no, I have rate tonight. I can't. So I had, like, a grudge against the game. I was really mad about it. And so I, I always said, I'll play anything, but not WoW. <laughs> Until I was, like, 17 or 16. I'm not sure. Like, a little bit older anyway. And my then boyfriend, now ex uh, for, for some years, he, like, dragged me into like an electronics store and he was like oh you know i used to play wow i loved it and we were standing there looking at the boxes and you know there was like this shiny golden starter box with the blood elf on it and then there was a couple and they were buying like game cards because that's what you did back then uh and i believe that was when pandaria was already out for some time and i remember my ex like looking at me and being like you love animals this has pandas and then he'd like talked to the couple and was like it's really fun right like trying to get them to convince me and they were like oh yeah we love it we we always play play together and i was like okay i guess i'll try it and then i got like super addicted to it and my ex was like yeah i'm not really in the mood for this game anymore and, like he lost interest super fast and i was like i want to raid i want to like do this full time <laughs> how the tables <laughs> got have turned. super hung up on it yeah exactly <laughs> i love it <laughs> uh, so he got you in what uh, what character did you, did you make when you started playing 
I believe it was a hunter. I'm pretty sure it was a hunter. Um, cause I I remember like unpacking the box and there was like a paper that you could fold up. I still have the box. You could fold it up, and there was all of the classes listed out. Of course, in German, because uh, I'm from Germany and I bought it in Germany. And so I was like reading through them, trying to think of what I would really like to be. And the hunter as like beast mastery hunter has pets, you know, and I was like, oh, that sounds really fun and cool. And so I ran around. Uh, I didn't really know what anything was for the longest time. I think Legion rolled around and I was still like leveling and like playing very casually until like nearly the end of Legion is when I first actually got introduced to raiding, I suppose simpler times you know I, I often wonder were we happier when we played casually <laughs> i mean it definitely was very like i spent so much time i don't even know what i was doing i i just ran around collecting stuff and i was happy so it must have been good <laughs> that's great <laughs> um I think that's so funny that you didn't want to play the game because your friend would always say they can't do anything because they're raiding. And then you're yeah. like, no, I'm going to be raiding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, the, the the tables really turned around on that when I actually started raiding, like, like in an actual mythic guild that <laughs> raided like three times a week, the same as his guild. And then people always ask me like, oh, do you want to come out tonight? And I'd always have to say like, no, I'm raiding. <laughs> It's so it's I mean, it's more accepted now I, I, around the time of Legion it, when you would tell your friends, no, I'm not going to go do a thing because I'm raiding. Was it as accepted then or, or did they sort of tease you? I know my friends would tease me back when we would like it, would be, it was wrath for me. And I would say, no, I can't go out. I'm raiding. And they'd be like, what do, you, what do you mean you're raiding? We're, we're going to the bar. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think back then, actually, I didn't have as many friends that would have problems with it because I was like very secluded in like a gamer circle. But when I moved for university four years ago in Germany, I don't know if it's the same way in other countries, but in Germany on Wednesday is usually when students go out to drink. It's I don't know why it's that day. Don't ask me, but they would always go out for like bars and shows on Wednesday. And that's like a specific student day, too. And I would always have to say no. I would always have to say, you know, no, Wednesday is in Europe, that's the main raiding day. I could never miss that one. Even if we we were in like the super farm, it would always be the Wednesday that we would raid, and then Thursday, Sunday would be free. So, yes. uh, I definitely had a lot of people be like, "What do you mean you can never do Wednesdays? That's not an option. We're going out at like ten, eleven. I'm like, yeah, I'll still be raiding then. I mean, un until I join you, it's gonna be like half twelve. So, yeah." <laughs> The, the raid is happening. It's uh, that Wednesday is raid day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was definitely hard to to get across. And then there was also this point of like trying to tell my family what was going on. I mean, I, I didn't live with my parents anymore when I started uh, playing WoW. I already uh, lived in my own flat, so they didn't get the full extent of it. But then whenever there was like... Uh, Oh, you know, let's hang out Thursday evening. I'd be like, mm, you know, I I can only do until like 1830. That's when I have to leave. And they'll be like, why? <laughs> well, yeah. you see, mom, <laughs> yeah. I have I... this thing with 19 other people and I, w I don't want to let them down. That's how I'd always try to formulate it. So yeah. they would get across that, like, this is not something that I want to do because I want to like, necessarily do it, but because I want to 
I don't want to leave other people hanging, which is yeah. what it is. Yeah, it's I find that's that's uh, I'm lucky. My brother and I both grew up gaming MMOs like all from the beginning. So my parents understood, um, you know, <laughs> when we were like, hey, it's raid night. They're like, OK, we get it. It's raid night. But I have a lot of friends who like their parents just don't to them. It's like, well, it's a video game. Just don't play. Just play it you know, another time. They don't understand that there is that yeah. commitment to, to 19 other people there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So when you started raiding, were you still playing the hunter or had you switched at that point? So I, um, I switched. I don't really know what, what um, instigated that switch, but I had leveled a priest and I was committed to playing only Holy Priest because I didn't know that it was normal for people to play several specs. I was like, you know, I decided on the class and now I'm deciding on the spec and that's all I'm doing. Um, I really didn't know anything. So me, I was like, priest. I'm a Holy Priest. Yeah, exactly. That was like my identity that I had chosen. So uh, there was no other option. And I, I was on a server that was really like dead. Like there was nothing on there. It was a German server. It's called um, Nitasturm. And like even to most Germans, that server name says nothing. So uh, I was really like in the in the deep end of of German WoW. And there was this guild they were advertising in in like the slash one or slash two. I don't remember. And I remember standing in Ashran, so in in uh, Warlords of Draenor. I was standing in that capital city and I saw their text saying like, oh, we're looking for a healer, priest, mythic progress, um, Hellfire Citadel. And I was like, I mean, I'm a healer and I'm a priest. Uh, and I, I me. like messaged them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, I want to, I had seen like some people raid on Twitch, actually. I was streaming at the time already. I had seen some people raid and I was like, that looks so fun. Mythic raiding. I, I, that's totally what I want to do. So I had been on the lookout, but like knowing that it was a server that wasn't really big, uh, there weren't many options. And I saw them advertise in chat. And so I messaged that person and I was like, I'm a priest healer. I, I want to do it. And they were like, do you have any experience with this? And I was like, no. <laughs> do you have like normal or heroic clear? And I was like, no, I never rated. it. <laughs> and, <no. laughs> and, and they were like, but you are a disc priest, right? Because disc was was really strong at that time, like Hellfire Citadel. All you'd had to do was basically put out shields and it, it would be everything. Um, and I was like, no, I'm holy. They were like, do you want to play disc? And I'm like, no, I want to play holy. <laughs> and so there was like this awkward pause of this person talking to me. Hello. Um, and, uh, they were like, okay, we really need a healer. So we're going to teach you. No way. They <laughs> took you. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. I got to tell you, I was and not ready for that. I did not see that coming. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause that was my very first guild. And, uh, that's, that's like when I started raiding and I don't know what they were on Gore Fiend. They had like 500 poles into Gore Fiend at the time when I joined. And that was my first mythic progress boss, right? Obviously, now I need to put this a little bit into place. They were in the Great Guild. Like, they were probably, like, World 2500 or something. It was really late into the content, and most guilds had cleared, like, six months prior. Um, but they were still progressing, and they were like, okay, let's let's bring her on. We don't have any other options. Um, Gorefiend, we really need a healer. And I think it took... 20 tries for us to kill Gorefiend with After me in joined? there. No way. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you were it. You were the magic they were missing. I mean, I think they were probably just missing somebody that would press something like divine him at a no, crucial no, no. point. It was you. <laughs> exactly. So I, I started progressing with them, like all the further bosses. Um, like we put, I remember we put like 200 tries into Valhari and then another like 300 into Manoroth and then another 400 into Archimund. And we killed Archimund, I think one day before um, Legion released. So it wasn't even cutting edge anymore, but we still killed it. We were so happy about it. I still have that video on my YouTube Um but my UI gives me severe cases of headaches, so I'm not sure that anybody should look at that. You know I'm going to go watch that video after this. <laughs> you can, you can. It's very bad. I have like, a, I think like three cast bars, and then my healing details is like thrice the size of the damage details, and I have like green numbers enabled. It's very bad, but... That was my first Archimund kill. It was it was super fun, and cool. I stayed with them for quite some time. Yeah. Did you stay as a priest? Did you keep healing? <laughs> I stayed as a priest. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I only like I the guild then switched servers at some point, if I remember correctly, and then things started to fall apart. I don't really remember how I left that guild, but I joined another one, and then another one and then i wanted to like start being a disc priest because i had entered like higher rating uh, like actual cutting edge rating uh where people were like you know a as a holy priest you're expected to also know disc and i was like well okay i'm guess i guess i'm gonna play disc and that was um the eternal palace was i think my first raid where i where i actively played disc then oh very cool i but you don't play priest now right no, I don't. So in the Eternal Palace was also the first time that I started like playing a DPS character again, like on the side, which was my Demon Hunter. And then when Nathria rolled around, or rather when Nyalotha rolled around, I decided to re-roll to Demon Hunter because I was sick of healing. And then with Nathria, Demon Hunter was in a really bad spot and I had picked DK because I was in a guild that needed like alt characters. I had picked DK as alt despite not really knowing how to play it. And so they were like, yeah, you pick DK, so you're going to play DK now. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's not going to happen. They were like, yeah, it is. Get well, on a, with it. You have a proven track record of, <laughs> of being able to very quickly pick up classes you don't play. <laughs> <laughs> you could call it that, or you could call it me trying to get through situations where that was expected, but maybe not succeeding. <laughs> Uh, DKs yeah, were in so a that is... good spot in Nathria. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, I, I have to say, I think, like, even now, the Nathria Unholy DK is something I look upon very fondly when, like, thinking that even though it isn't far away, I know, but so much has happened to that spec since then. And I always think about, like, playing the DK in Nathria. That was super, super fun. Um, so what do you prefer, do you, DPS or healing? Will you ever go back to healing? Uh, actually, in BFA, I, like, healed for quite some time still, specifically into Mythic Plus. And I mm -hmm. think, like, healing Mythic Plus is still something I'd be up for if I had, like, a, a set group to push with. Right. I think healing in Mythic Plus is super fun. I would never, ever go back to rate healing. And so... 
that's kind of the situation. But also, I really enjoy playing DPS in general. I think you have to look more on yourself rather than like look what other people are doing for the most part. And it's less less responsibility and less trying to fix others' mistakes. The healing raid healing really is the hardest job in the raid. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, tanking is easy. You tank on three, you're done. It's stand where you need to stand. <laughs> uh, DPS can be hard, too, because you have to hit that rotation. You have to be able to actually do damage and dodge mechanics. Um, but healing, you have to, like, do all of it and fix it when other people are making mistakes. <laughs> I think there's, like, some bosses where tanking is also really hard because, obviously, tanks are also expected to, like, pump DPS, especially yeah. if you get, like, into higher rating, uh, like, Hall of Fame and, and anything that's, like, close to Hall of Fame. That's where tanks, I think, become a lot harder. But if you're staying in, like, the bracket of, of like, world 800, 900, then usually you get by on tanks, on on healers without, like, doing perfect damage, I think. Yeah, that's I, I'm comfortable in that range myself. So that's <laughs> I'll talk. Nothing three. wrong with it, right? But that's where where it's like a little bit more chill. I feel like. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so you play at a pretty high level, but not only that, you actually are a professional esports personality, and I think that's the right term. I hope that's the right term. Um, yeah. When did you, you decide can say that? playing isn't enough for me? I mean, it wasn't really like an, an active decision. I know for some people it is that they're like, oh, you know, casting looks really fun. I'm going to out, go out there and like uh, apply to something. But for me, it was the other way around. I had been streaming, I think at the time for like five or six years already. So I've been on Twitch for a long time. Like I was even back then on, on Block TV, I was streaming. So kind of kind of old to all of that. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, somebody reached out to me. Actually, it was Nex from Aversion, the German guild um, that unfortunately disbanded just a couple of days ago. And he was saying, hey, you know, we know you raid in like a rather high level and you some you're somebody that's like familiar with talking in front of a camera and being like presentable and like knowing what to say. And we're doing this German race to world first. And we'd love to have you there as a caster. Is that something you could envisioned for yourself and i was like yeah that actually sounds super fun <laughs> and so they brought me to krefeld where back then method before it turned to echo method and aversion both were like seated for the race to world first on nyalota that was my first one and i had like a, a guest hour on the then method broadcast and and did the german one and after that, I got picked up by BDGG for Castle Nathria. And I still did a version. So I did both of them. And from there on, it was Sanctum. Sanctum was also, I did like something for pieces. I wouldn't really call it like full casting because it was only one show. Uh, I did something for pieces. I did BDGG and I did a version for Sanctum. And then the Sepulcher race, Liquid reached out. And at the same time, I had also been casting like German MDI. Mm -hmm. And I had also been starting to cast uh, TFT. So I had like a community event that I casted. And then some things fell into place where somebody reached out to me saying like, hey, Riot is looking for like European casters. If you want to, you should apply here. And I applied and they were like, oh, yeah, sounds great. Let's work together. 
And so like that whole TFT thing also came into play. And yeah, at that point, like 2022, so last year, um, in January, I was like, okay, I'm putting down like my normal day job of teaching and I'm going to cast full time, which is what I've been doing for like over a year now. So yeah, very blessed to be in that position. And That's then eventually wild. like the English, the English MDI also picked me up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What, so can you, just for anybody who's not sure, can you explain the difference between host and caster? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, there's like a lot of differences in like broadcast talent in general, but I think the most the most striking one is host and caster, which is what usually people refer to. So a host is somebody that hosts a show. Like you would probably know from if you compare it to TV, like a game show, the person that leads through the show, introduces people, introduces the show's elements, and uh, makes sure that people have a face to place to the show. Mm-hmm. Whereas casters are more specific to something that's going on so you'd know casters from let's say soccer or football the people that are commentating on what's actually happening and then amongst casters there's a few more uh differences like you could have a play-by-play caster which is a lot of what i'm doing where you talk really fast and you get super excited and your voice like pitches very high and like cracks and you scream around for, for stuff to actually like create hype and create hype storylines. And then there's analysts who are usually not as loud and not as fast spoken, <laughs> but have a lot more insight. So in the WoW scene, I think like the analyst that would come to mind has to be like Dratnos, right? right. Like he knows so much about everything. Um, not to say that n- no other caster knows a lot, but he definitely is like a... Like if I had to put a picture to 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 the word caster uh, analyst, it would be Dratnos. Cool. Uh, so as play by play, I watch a lot of American football. So in my head, I'm like, okay, Pat Summerall, John Madden. That's like the iconic duo. Um, as the play by play caster, do you have to be like super familiar with all of the different games that you cast? Because you you cast like a, a, a wide range of games to to have to know <laughs> all the ins and outs. Yeah, it's. Um... I mean, I think some play-by-play casters know a little bit less and then some know a little bit more. And I always strive to, like, know as much as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, a lot of what I want to know and what I want to focus on are, like, storylines of teams or players. So I want to know, like, what did this player do prior to doing this? I watch a lot of interviews. I watch a lot of VODs to get a feeling for their specific play. which is a little bit easier in Teamfight Tactics um, than it is in World of Warcraft because a lot of, like, let's say the MDI or Liquid, they, they don't show what they're doing prior to the events. Right. So you have to kind of <laughs> go around and, and try to DM people and be like, hey, you know, uh, MDI is coming up. What do you think? Is, is this a class we're going to see? Um, but you definitely have to know a lot, I think. You definitely have to be well-versed with the teams and the challenges. I'd say you have to know less than an analyst, but many people expect every caster on show to be an analyst, <laughs> we, which creates some problems, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm very happy to be in the position where I am. I, I, I think analysts are doing a great job, but I'm much happier as play-by-play for the most part. Um, so you mentioned, you mentioned you were a teacher before. 
And, and yeah. so your play-by-play -play is quite good. Did you, like, did you take any formal training in there? Or have you always just, because even when, when it comes to streaming, streaming to an audience is still different from play-by-play. -play. Like, you guys managed to make the most average portions of a key sound exciting <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because when i'm streaming i'm very different <laughs> and people that that watch my cast often come into my streams and they're like this is so boring and i'm like i'm sorry <laughs> this is my personality not my performance um but uh my mom teaches now i don't know the english word but it's uh, basically like rhetoric teaching so she teaches on how to pronounce and enunciate correctly okay and so when i was growing up she would do like passive teaching i'd call it to be like you know you have to speak like this and this is how you get your voice to grow and this word ends with like a harsh consonant rather than a soft one and so i did a lot of like getting put up for that without really signing on <laughs> um but I never did like professional voice coaching. I obviously had like a little bit of it in my in my teaching study. So I'm still studying them in my master. And I did a lot of like teacher placements and um, what do you call them? Like uh, exams in class where I had people like sit in and be like, oh, you know, Mrs. Makes, you should focus more on doing this or doing that. They give you a lot of feedback on it. Uh, but for the most part, it isn't really voice. It's more like stage presence or like room presence for teachers, I, I guess, um, where they're like, oh, you know, you should walk around a little bit more. You should smile more often or whatever. Oh, yeah, <laughs> please. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing worse than angry teachers. <laughs> it, I mean, it is true. It is true. Yeah. I have like a severe case of uh, RBF, I'd say. So... <laughs> often like people in MDI chat are like why is she always smiling and I'm like yeah, well if I'm not smiling I look like I want to kill someone so <laughs> well we'll take the alternative <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly oh that's great um <laughs> so I mean it sounds like so it obviously like it, it, it seems like it just sort of fell into your lap and then from there just snowballed did you like did you encounter any roadblocks were there any challenges that you found in 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 going from starting out you know, um, just doing German, German, I was almost a German TV, German casting into, uh, <laughs> you're very famous now. <laughs> I, I was on German TV once and I had like the, the lower third of like World of Warcraft player. So that oh, tells it. you all that needs to be there. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, I definitely had a lot of challenges, right? I think uh, everybody does, no matter what what work they do. There is no job where it's like, oh, everything just just happens magically, and you like <laughs> you, like hop happily through the field of flowers. I think from the very beginning, I put a lot of work into everything I did. Mm, if you like talk to anyone I work with, I think they'll they'd all say the same thing. I always over prepare which makes my brain be a little bit calmer. So I have a lot of spreadsheets that I put a lot of data into and notes. And I talk to a lot of people to make sure that I'm as prepared as I can be. And then I also tend to overthink a little bit, which is very good if you're working in esports because it helps to kind of find, um, find spots that maybe other people haven't thought about as much. Like, for example, I'll look at our 
social media for the TFT stuff and I'll be like, oh, you know, we should really be doing this like this. Or I'll look at our run of shows and I'll like think, mm, you know, the way this is structured, it doesn't really work because this and this could happen. And then I'll like put it into review. So it's a lot of like behind the scenes that people usually don't realize it's also part of the job um, yeah. that I definitely do a lot of. And um, I mean, I think it's always hard to to start something new. So for example, the first time I was on the English broadcast rather than the German one, I'm very happy with, with like my English skills, but still it's different to, to, to cast in different language because suddenly you don't have all of these phrases and sayings that you've been relying on for all your previous practice. So you need to find new ones. And something I did to like overcome that is... <laughs> I had a, a extensive case of saying excited too much, for example, and there were like other words. I tend to like cling on to a specific word for, for an event and then I'll fix that. And then there's the next one. And so what I'll do is I'll like pull up thesaurus and just find synonyms for the word that I'm trying to, to use. And I'll put it on like my third screen so I can look at it and be like, oh, you know, I'm saying overjoyed instead of excited. <laughs> and stuff like that you were incredibly self-aware <laughs> <laughs> yeah try to be <laughs> that's crazy there is like i mean i i was a, an instructor for for the military for a few years and we had instructors that would do the same thing there was they would just use the same word over and over again and and even after telling them that they, they wouldn't identify that it was something that they were doing to, to know that you're doing that yourself and then be like, I need to find a solution to this. This is my solution. I'm going to be prepared for this. I am, I am extremely impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. I mean, a bunch of it is also like, um, I would say quality feedback. So the Warcraft people, as well as the Riot people that I work with, are very good in feedback loops and saying like, hey, you know, this worked well, and maybe we should work a little bit more on that. And then I have a bunch of friends who are also like, routinely tune into my cast and they're like you know maybe you could look out for this and they're not saying like oh you know this is bad like you're a bad caster but they're like have you realized you do this and this a lot and i'm like oh yeah maybe maybe i do and at the beginning i would like sit down and like vod review my own casting now at this point i do too much casting to always vod review it um at least all of it but i i do make it a habit to to watch into the bots at least once in a while and make sure that what I remember saying came across as I was saying it. <laughs> right. That it's, it's, I mean, we all, re I think everybody realizes how much effort it is to be a caster. Like it's not just show up and, and there you go. Um, so there is, we, everybody knows there's a ton of work, but to also, when I think of work for casting, I think of work like, you know, the production setup for the, for the, the actual streams and, uh, you know, knowing the the dungeons and knowing the classes and knowing the players, I don't even consider the like performance aspect of it. And then the fine tuning that that you're doing, there is so much extra work. I can't believe how hard cat you guys definitely need more pets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, I don't. Yeah, it have definitely. And how much you're gonna get paid, though? <laughs> yeah, that, that's okay. I think there's definitely a lot that can go into it. If you want to, like, even for the German MDI, that's actually, like, I think maybe the craziest thing I've ever done. For the German MDI, there was no localization. So for the MDI, do you know when team team maps show up per mm -hmm. series? And it's like, oh, these five dungeons, and then this one gets banned. 
When I was working on the German MDI, we didn't have the ban rule yet. So it was always just like three dungeons per series that were predetermined. And because those graphics would only come in English with the English names of the dungeons, and there was no nobody doing the, the localization, because of course, that's a lot of work and, and also a lot of time that you'd have to invest to do that for every single lock broadcast. Uh, so I sat down and I asked the Warcraft people to like send me the baseline graphics and I would do like my own graphics for the German broadcast on top of everything else. No way. <laughs> so yeah, so we would have like the graphics uh, ready and sometimes I'd make mistake on them and like, cause I don't play in German. <laughs> right. So sometimes I'd have dungeon names wrong. <laughs> Just out of like memory being a little bit messed up. And that was always hilarious. But for the most part, they were correct. And, and I do that on top of everything. Yeah. That's I mean, not to say you need to do that as a caster. But right. I, I, I do a lot like on top, I think. Yeah. I made a joke earlier in our chat that uh, all of the EU players were superhuman. You might actually be. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, how much? Maybe. Go ahead. <laughs> maybe it's just, you know, I have ADHD and this is kind of my hyper focus. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. We'll take that. So, so it doesn't feel as much as work. Right. <laughs> You're dialing in. That's all. A little bit, yeah. Um, how much? How much input do you have behind the scenes on, like, uh, the the official Blizzard MDI broadcasts? When do they come to you and just say, "Hey, we need you to cast. Here's your information." Is there a back and forth there? Um, I I am honestly not sure how much I'm able to like say on that matter oh right yeah good um but <laughs> i can i can give you like a chorus answer across like all the broadcasts i've done and that's usually that it depends on the show so for some shows you'll be able to basically influence everything like you can say i don't like that graphic and, and can we do this and can we do that and maybe can we do this and then for some shows it's more like a you sit there and you do whatever you're given mm -hmm. um I try to work more of the broadcasts where I actually have a little bit of say into what happens. So maybe that your, answers your question. You bring your own graphic team. I have a, I've brought some people. <laughs> We're going to make some changes no, like, here. I think, I think it's very cool that if a caster has like some input, um, they're being listened to. So I like yeah. to, I like to like read chat, especially when I'm not casting and like participate and like chat a little bit. And often there's like some comments in chat that are valid. I mean, sometimes there's also comments that aren't, but you know, uh, we ignore those. But sometimes there's like valid comments and requests. Uh, like let's say for TFT, there was a request of, I don't know, there's tons of requests all the time, but there was a request of making like a graphic that shows, I don't know, let's say the top 30 players or something. And we were only showing like half of them. So I went back and I was like, can we actually do this graphic? Is that possible for the next event? And then people sit down and they're like, oh yeah, let's see where we can, where we can get the resources. Can we make that happen? And so on and so forth. It's, it's part of a bigger machine, but it does feel great if you have like a little bit of input into what's actually going on on the show that you're working, I think. Yeah. You're the voice of the people. I love it. That's great. Um, so note to self, when we need things changed, we ask Makes in the chat, and then she makes it happen. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can try. I, I'm always open to quality feedback. There is quality, some feedback, yeah. is, which, which is a bit weird. 
But when people ask for reasonable things, like let's say on the MDI broadcast, many people always ask for, oh, can we see this spell and that spell at the top of the UI for like this and that class? And then whenever we see that and it's like a valid question, then know that it gets like discussed behind the scenes on like, should we show this? If yes, what do we move out for it? And so on. So people are definitely being heard, even if it's not always obvious. Cool. Um, so you have you've host yeah, you've casted both uh, MDI and Waste World first. Do you have a preference? Both MDI and Race to World first. Oh, I don't think they're comparable at all. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so the Race to World first is, I think, in the esports business, probably a very unique show just because of how long it goes and the fact that there's nothing happening for hours at a time. Mm-hmm. I tend to say, like, to, to esport colleagues that don't have much to do with WoW, if they want to look at talent being really successful in filling time, they should tune in to any of the Race to World First broadcasts. And it doesn't even matter, like Echo, Liquid, BDG, whatever. It doesn't matter. Method, like all of the casters that work these shows are excellent at filling time because that is 80% of what happens on a Race to World First broadcast. <laughs> and if there are people that can still make that entertaining, that's a great quality for what to look for in a caster. Yeah, I guess I didn't consider that. The MDI is like nonstop action with small breaks and the race to world first is like long breaks with small moments of action. Exactly. Very (laughs) different. Very different. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you've gone on, you've gone to live events for race to world first. Like you've been on location. Yeah. Yeah. I've gone to live events for race to world first and for TFT shows as well. Is there any like favorite moments that have happened in an event that you can talk about or or what are some of the what are some of the rewards of, of actually being on scene for those? Uh, I think every time a, a hard boss falls is a great moment in a race world first. I'm particularly I have to say the Nyalotha race and the Sepulka race, because mm-hmm. that was when players were always in like a big room. For for Liquid, the last time they were all a little bit separated in like their own little cubicles, so it wasn't quite the same. But for Sepulchre and Nyalotha, the raiders were all in like a big room together. And then when a when a hard boss would fall, like Halandras, for example, or for Nyalotha, I don't even remember what bosses were hard, but um, maybe like Ilganoth uh, yeah, or something. I was say Ilganoth, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So whenever a boss like that would fall. And everybody just starts screaming. That's such a great feeling. Like you can feel the energy in the room, and that's not not an exaggeration. Like you can, you first of all, you can hear it, right? You're you're casting. Maybe like on broadcast, you're casting the kill, or even for Nyalotha, we were casting the Germans, and then Method killed, and like we could hear the screaming through the door. Uh, it, it's super super energizing, and it's one of my favorite parts ever to have players on site and, and have them react to what's actually going on it's it's a rush as a viewer at home seeing a, a boss go down especially a boss that's a hard boss i can't imagine how it feels being on scene Do you, like you must feel like you're part of the team like you must <laughs> yeah a little bit <laughs> it yeah. always feels like a little bit imposterish to to say like oh yeah we killed the boss because right. you didn't do anything for it right but right. still you're like there and you're with them in spirit and <laughs> 
Chiefs. Yeah. Um, it so counts. yeah. The, the training staff on every football team gets a Super Bowl ring. So. <laughs> really? I, I actually know that. But there yeah. you go. Maybe yeah. we should we should get the race world first trophy then too. <laughs> yeah, we should. That's Just that need works. to make one first. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, so you're you're basically tackling the esports uh, esports scene single handedly. Um, what does the future hold for Megs? Oh, a lot. Um, I actually have a super exciting announcement lined up that I'm not allowed to like say more about, but that is going to happen in the next couple of days slash weeks. Ooh, this doesn't uh, I've been for three weeks, <laughs> if you want to tell me. <laughs> this, uh, I'm not sure if it will be announced in three weeks. So. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Leave it open and, and be mysterious. And if it has been announced, then people will know, I guess. Um but yeah, I'll continue to to work as hard as I always have. I think I'm very happy with MDI this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not to say that I wasn't happy with MDI prior, but like I'm even happier with it. I'm starting to really feel like I've arrived at the show and like I know what's going to happen with teams and I've like built contacts to the pros that are actually competing and they're nice and like sharing some insights. Um, I'll continue to work TFT and hopefully I'll continue to work race to world first, you know, uh, uh, hopefully that's all continuing. And then I'm also like broadening out onto TikTok, and I'm planning to do a little bit more YouTube, but I haven't really figured out what to talk about there yet. So maybe, maybe that's like a question mark ish thing. Cool. Are you going to, uh, are you, do you and your group have any plans to tackle critical role in the D and D space? I've, I've noticed you started <laughs> streaming that. <laughs> Uh, I love D and D. I'm a huge D and D nerd. Even though my friend uh, uh, Friendly Fire killed me last time we played, unfortunately, so now I need to make a new character. But uh, I, I very much enjoy playing D and D with people. I think it's super fun. Uh, even if I like don't stream it, I just stream it because that's a place to save it somewhere. Right. Um, but it's it's just super fun for me. Cool. <laughs> Um, very excited. I cannot wait to see more of you on the screen. Uh, small screen, I guess, because it's a computer monitor. Maybe someday a big screen. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. <yeah. laughs> um, cool. So this show ends with uh, 10 questions. And if you're ready, I would like to ask you those questions now. I am ready. As ready as can be. Okay. Um, question number one. What is your favorite word? See, the thing is, you gave me this question list yeah. uh, like very far ahead and I still haven't thought of any answers, so I'll have to be very flexible. Um, my favorite word is probably, um, let's say passion. That's a good word. Oh, good answer. Good answer. And I want you to know, I give every single guest this question list far in advance, and none of them are prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's part of the charm, right? <laughs> yeah. It is. Question number two, what is your least favorite word? No. Oh, yeah. You know what? I don't like that word either. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely one of the words that if I hear it, like if somebody says like impossible or no, it's like, uh, you know, my fight reflects triggers. I suddenly have something to prove that I didn't know I had before. Yeah, like learning how to be a discipline priest. <laughs> it's, for example, yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, question number three. What sound or noise do you love? Rain. That's very easy. Uh, I'm. I have a lot of feelings about sounds, so 
<laughs> you had that definitely one really like 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 heavy rain against a window is is like a top tier sound i like that uh question number four what sound or noise do you hate now i have a lot of those but the first one that came to mind has to be chewing noises Oh, yes. Very irritable, irritatable by those. Yeah, my uh, my partner would agree with you, and <laughs> I'm certain there are days she wants me to eat in a different room. <laughs> I don't blame her. <laughs> Question number five: What is your favorite dungeon? Now that's really difficult because I would always say the same thing, but now that dungeon is in life rotation, and many people hate it. Um, it is actually Halls of Valor. Really? Although I do see that's the same reaction I always get. Um, I feel like we could delete God, God King Scovold and then that would be like a top tier dungeon. But Halls of Valor to me just holds a lot of memories of Legion and the people I played with back then. Yeah. And I really like the art style. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of like the Norse sort of mythology that's tied into the Halls of Valor and, and, and the uh, uh, I can't remember the name of those people for some reason. Mm -hmm. uh, oh my god, what are they called? The tall humans. Oh, you mean like Vikings? Y yeah, not in, in the game, not in real life. <laughs> what? Oh, the Valha. Val, that's, thank you. <laughs> my, my brain Sorry, totally I completely blanked. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is the word? What? They're everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that aesthetic. Uh, and you know what? I think if they give us two more minutes in the timer, I'd even like the dungeon. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, just take out God King Scobalt. Nobody likes him. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to keep his dialogue, though. No. <laughs> Question number six. What is your least favorite dungeon? Oh. Um, huh. I mean, it's always that, like, you spam a specific dungeon for, like, 80 times until you get best trinkets. So I'd kind of have to say maybe the other side because I spend a lot of time in there getting the quantum device that I really, really didn't like. Um, so, yeah, maybe the other side. I don't have very strong feelings on least favorite dungeon, but that's the first one that I could think of. I I love the other side as a dungeon, but yeah, I uh, as a tank main every season, it was like, okay, I got to go get my new scale. <laughs> yeah, fun. Yeah, a lot of time in there. Uh, question number seven. What is your favorite curse word? Uh, so I don't know if that one's socially acceptable, but I say, because it's like German and English as well, but I say like bastard a lot. Okay. Because I feel like it holds no value to like modern day life. Because like most people are bastards, but <laughs> I, I just like the way it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like very satisfying to say. Is that, that word's the same in both English and German? Yeah, yeah. Like oh, in German, it's a little cool. bit harsher. Of course, we would say like bastard, but... Right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> that might be my new favorite. <laughs> Question <laughs> number eight. What is your favorite raid? Now, that connects to uh, Halls of Valor, because it has to be Trial of Valor. Mm -hmm. I really liked Odin. I really liked Helia. Uh, there's a lot of really good raids. I think Hellfire Citadel was also a really, really, really good raid. Um... Yeah, yeah, I'll say Trials of Valor. Right on. We're we're moving to Stormheim. If, I bet I think I know the answer to question ten. Let's, <laughs> number nine. Question nine. What is your least favorite raid? Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, that has to be Sepulcher. Oh, I really? 
I do not feel happy about Sepulchre. Not one bit. Sanctum was also really bad, but Sepulchre was worse, unfortunately. Looking, so in, in the middle of Sanctum, I remember it being very frustrating in situations. But looking back at Sanctum, I, I look back at it more fondly than I do Sepulchre. Sepulchre <laughs> just felt like it was punishingly difficult for no reason. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think Sepulchre, I mean, in Sanctum, at least there were like a bunch of bosses that were fun in like farm. We spent a lot of time farming. So, but Sylvanas was always just pain. My pets would bug. It wasn't fun. And then for Jailer, it was the same thing. Like my pets would always run in circles. And so that's two end bosses where I didn't really enjoy anything. Right. That's the strat, <laughs> isn't it? Pets just do circles. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Um, excellent answer, though. I think a lot of people would agree with you on that one. Uh, question number 10. If Azeroth was real, where would you call home? Did anyone ever give you a different answer than Grizzly Hills on this one? No one has said Grizzly Hills yet. You will be the first. You will be the only no person way. who wants to live there. Yes. I mean, I'm happy to be the only person that lives there. That sounds like a dream. But yeah, Grizzly Hills. <laughs> Yeah, Grizzly Hills for sure. That music is so. I like Nagrand as well. I think Nagrand is very peaceful and calm. But Grizzly Hills is is way up there. Yeah, I, I I really expected it to be the top answer, and nobody has said Grizzly Hills yet. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, great. All right, that is the questions. Uh, makes this has been a ton of fun. Thank you so much for making time in your schedule to do this. Oh no, thank you so much for for holding out and making sure we can do it. <laughs> we wait for the good ones. <laughs> um, it's been is... my pleasure. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it too. Uh, for the listeners, that is the show. Uh, please check Makes Out on her social media. You can find her on Twitter, where she is M-E-E-I-X underscore, so Makes underscore, on Twitch, where it's just Makes, and on YouTube, where it's Makes. As well, you can find her on the World of Warcraft main Twitch channel on YouTube and Twitch, where she's hosting the MDI this season. Um, if you're looking for us, you can find us on Twitter, uh, where, we, where we are at RAF underscore podcast. And we will see you next week. Bye.